0: Sun. You can hear their hearts beating loud. Can't keep those California Indians down.
1: Hello, everyone. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. From Marcus Lopez, I'm your host for the hour, Larry Smith.
2: We think it's most important that because we have that trust, that we are the ones that to provide a culturally safe space where people can, can, can come get vaccinated if they
1: choose.
3: Land, such is the continuation of life. As the current generations, this treasured gift carries a lifelong responsibility.
1: Today on American Indian Airwaves... How the COVID-19 pandemic is impacting the larger urban Native American population and COVID vaccine pop-up, a community outreach event happening this May 1st and May 29th at the Los Angeles State Historic Park, a collaboration of Indigenous organizations throughout Los Angeles County to provide vaccination outreach, PPE, and food boxes. And in the second part of today's show, we'll hear part one of a two-part speech on the rights of Mother Earth by longtime Indigenous activist, elder, and scholar, Dr. Henrietta Ban. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves.
0: You can hear when the moon shines bright, the lone food.
1: In the first segment of today's program, American Indian, Alaska Native, and Indigenous Community COVID Vaccine Pop-Up, a community outreach event in Los Angeles County being held at the Los Angeles State Historic Park this May 1st and May 29th of 2021. I speak with one of the main organizers as she provides crucial information on the vaccine outreach as well as PPE and food boxes and logistics on how to get to the May 1st and May 29th event. This is longtime community member Dr. Andrea Garcia, medical doctor from the mandan hidatsa Arikara Nations, who's an appointed commissioner with the Los Angeles City County Native American Indian Commission And works with the Los Angeles County Department of Mental Health, American Indian Counseling Center, and is a board member for the United American Indian Involvement. And now, American Indian, Alaska Native, and Indigenous Community COVID Vaccine Pop-Up with Dr. Andrea Garcia. So the COVID vaccine
2: pop-up happening on May 1st for the first dose is a collaboration of multiple community partners. Many, many that I will list after I <laughs> describe a little bit about, about the purpose of it. But, yeah, multiple community partners. And basically uh, this is an extension of the LA Native like COVID Working Group. And so what that is is several community-based organizations um, that have – actually been meeting for longer than a year now since so as soon as this pandemic happened all of our community based organizations thought it was important to have a biweekly call to figure out to communicate with each other like what is the best way that we can coordinate to take care of our community and so there have been other efforts and achievements that this group has accomplished but um, this I would say is probably one of the most important things that we have done um, as a working group and essentially um, you know what we've been advocating for and what we what this group has demonstrated all along is that we as Native people know how to take care of our community um, we know how how to reach folks we know you know based on what our service providers are saying that they're seeing on the front lines like we know what our community is experiencing and therefore we think it's most important that because we have that trust that we are the ones to provide a culturally safe space where people can 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 come get vaccinated if they choose and so this is some even before the vaccines were ready. Um, we have been advocating at the county level um, to say that look, we know how to do this. Like, just give us the vaccines. <laughs> give us the vaccines and let us do the rest of the work. Um, and unfortunately, it's taken this long, but we are grateful to have this opportunity. So, um, part of the working group, the the main um, working group members that are helping us out on this include the Calif- uh, California Native Vote Project. United American Indian Involvement, American Indian Counseling Center. Um, we have Samias and Anawaka um School. And then, of course, the LA City County Native American Commission um, are like the core community partners. Um, really trying to hone in on on getting our folks there. Um, Additionally, the vaccines were actually identified um, by Kedron, which is a community health center in the South LA area. So I was introduced to them um, through a connection and they were more than happy to um, work with our community. So they will be bringing the vaccines and they will be bringing their medical team to to administer the vaccines. Um, additionally, Supervisor Hilda Solis, her she and her office, are supportive, and they are actually helping um, to facilitate a connection to the LA Regional Food Bank um, because we will also be giving about out food boxes um, and PPE to those um, attendees who who would like to to bring those home with them.
1: Talk about the vaccines, like which vaccines are being administered and what is the process if there's more than one vaccine being administered and and what the follow-up is.
2: Yes. So um, as of today, all of this is evolving, right? So as of today, um, all three vaccines will be available. Okay. However, my understanding is that the Pfizer vaccine will be um the vaccine that is most highly available, like we'll have the greatest number of Pfizer vaccines. Um, There will be some Moderna vaccines available for those who may have already received their first dose we're able to administer a second dose of Moderna. So that one will be in in a little more limited supply. Um, As you may have heard, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine um, was recently put on a pause while um, the various scientific committees um, investigated this potential connection to um, blood clots. That pause was removed as of yesterday or today, I believe. And so um, if folks wish to proceed or want the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I'm sorry, I'm gonna pause. Uh, so if, if people do um, feel that they are comfortable and want to receive the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, that will be available. So just a, a quick recap on the types of vaccines. So, Pfizer and Moderna are both two dose vaccines. they're They're given um, to slightly different age ranges. so Pfizer can be given to sixteen and above. Moderna' is eighteen and above um, eighteen years old, that is and above. Their time intervals for the second dose vary slightly by a week. I think it's like three weeks and then twenty eight days or something like that. Um, but because of the logistics and availability of of supply, our, second pop-up will be for those folks needing second doses. And so that date is 28 days from the first administration. Mm -hmm. So even if somebody got a vaccine that needs, you know, you need it three weeks later, it's still okay to receive it 28 days later. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, The other thing to consider is that Johnson & Johnson vaccine is the only vaccine that is sort of like a one and done. You just need one dose and then you're done. There is no Follow up um, needed. And so, again, I know people have various hesitancies and, and considerations that they should definitely, you know, make sure that they do their homework about everyone. But in, in my clinical opinion, any vaccine in your arm is the right vaccine. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of these have been rigorously tested, and, you know, it, it's up to folks to, to figure out for themselves what they feel most comfortable with.
1: So, all three will be available. And just a point of clarification, the location for May 1st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is Los Angeles State Historic Park, 1501 North Spring Street in Los Angeles. It's right across from uh, the Chinatown Metro Gold Line Station, so it'll be very accessible for people utilizing public transportation. And then for for those who need the follow-up or second vaccine shot, will it be at the same location, same time? On May 29th? That
2: is correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say that is correct with a 90% certainty just because I know that our partners at Kedron um, mm-hmm. have been partnering so much with other communities in addition to ours that um, they're. We're able to commit, but I also want to give some grace and some space just in case there's a 10% chance that that won't happen, but but that is the plan for now. Okay. Um, for folks who do sign up, uh, we, we will ask for a, um, on the registration sheet, there's like their personal information, either a phone number or an email address. So if there's any changes, we will definitely be able to reach out to folks and let them know where to obtain their second vaccination, should they not be able to um, get it at LA State Historic Park on the
1: 29th. Andrea, when it comes to the vaccinations, do we know yet whether getting vaccinated is going to become a regular part of our lives, say every six to 12 months, or is it just too soon to tell at this point?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it we're, this is our first pandemic and I don't know how long. And yeah. so I'm going to give you a wishy-washy answer, which, <laughs> which is we're still learning, right? Like, like we're still following all of the, the folks who have been vaccinated, especially yeah. like those in the trials who have like these yeah. legit, like long-term follow-up periods. And right. so I think like at, in the setting of the virus mutating, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think, like, for now, we know that these vaccines are, are it in this particular Moment. <laughs> point yeah. in time. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there, there could be a chance that, you know, we need to pivot and sort of alter, like, what messages are in the vaccines, right? So, yeah. So, for, for now, it's good. <laughs> for yeah. now, it's working. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, the evidence is in the fact that for LA County, our case rates are, are going down. Right. So, hopefully that is heartening to folks. And mm-hmm. and I know other folks, um, you know, when when asked earlier on about like some of the hesitancy was like, well, I don't want to be a guinea pig. But what I also hope is has been apparent is that, you know, a lot of the frontline healthcare workers were the very first to receive these, um, myself included. And, um, you know, I, it's a privilege for me to have received that. But hopefully, like, I'm living proof that <laughs> that i I was okay um, mm-hmm. and and you know everybody will experience differing um, levels of side effects, but again, like the the odds of um, contracting COVID, getting extremely ill, hospitalized, and dying is much higher than um, severe side effects from the vaccine. So I just wanted to underscore that too.
1: And I asked that too. I I know I've talked uh, with medical professionals and, you know, the vaccines are, have temporary authorization, normally the FDA process takes 10 years. And and there are cases if people have pre-existing medical conditions like autoimmune disease, it becomes a a more critical question about the vaccine process and what the implications are for that. So I know in our communities, we have high rates of diabetes and, and other medical conditions is there anything our listeners should be concerned about in terms of pre-existing medical conditions and getting any of the three vaccinations?
2: Yeah. So if folks have pre-existing conditions, and you you're, you mentioned diabetes, so I'll use yeah. that as an example, yeah. um, or the other conditions that make you at higher risk of getting COVID. So You know, we're thinking of um, pulmonary disease, cardiac disease, et cetera. Those are the types of conditions and and, um, the populations, those people who have it, that we actually do want to vaccinate more because they're at higher risk, right, Right. of getting really, really sick from COVID. Barring that, um, you know, the typical sort of... um, Warning sign or um, questions that we screen for when, when giving the vaccination include people who have had severe anaphylaxis, mm. so a severe reaction to a vaccine in the past. And we're not talking about, like, oh, it hurt my arm or, you know, I, I got some hives, but that was it. Right. Like, we're talking about, like... They couldn't breathe. They they needed treatment with like epinephrine, for instance. That is definitely one contraindication. Beyond that, we, there's a lot of questions about pregnancy, about breastfeeding, and other very specific um, types of population. You mentioned um, autoimmune disease before, right. so. Um, what I'm not trying to do is give blanket advice and right. say, oh, it's fine because that's not it at all. Right. What my advice is as a provider is if you have one of those conditions that you're concerned about, to have a conversation with your own provider and figure out what's right for you. Not only physically, but also like, you know, if, if there is some hesitancy and, and you do want to wait for whatever reason, fi- again, figuring out what works for you, but also making sure that that's guided by your own medical provider.
1: And you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're speaking with Dr. Andrea Garcia, medical doctor, who's an appointed commissioner with the Los Angeles City County Native American Indian Commission and works with the American Indian Counseling Center and is a board member for the United American Indian Involvement. We're speaking on American Indian, Alaska Native, and Indigenous Community COVID Vaccine Pop-Up, a community outreach event to provide vaccinations, PPE, and food boxes being held May 1st and May 29th at the Los Angeles State Historic Park. And we want to remind KPFK listeners that KPFK is in fun drive mode and one way to support alternative media and alternative voices and show appreciation for the community service that KPFK provides to listeners. You can become a KPFK Sustainer Circle member by simply visiting the website kpfk.org and clicking on the donate widget and becoming a KPFK Sustainer Circle member by making monthly monetary donations of your choice. And now back to the interview with Dr. Andrea Garcia on American Indian, Alaska Native and Indigenous Community COVID Vaccine Pop-Up. Andrea, we know no appointment is necessary for this COVID vaccine pop-up, but people can RSVP at 626-798-0505 or 626-398-6174. And I was wondering, are there any other logistical concerns? And maybe talk about, you know, the partners, again, in this COVID vaccine pop-up event and uh, any other uh, information that you can provide regarding outreach.
2: Yeah. So we were very intentional about asking some of our key service providers uh to to have their staff people reach out to their own existing clients for example right um, so for instance like the organizations who did that i believe were United American Indian Involvement American Indian Counseling Center SAMIAS again as a partner and then Torres Martinez Tribal Tennis we we were hopeful that they could all sort of do that Personal outreach to help us a like get a head count so we know how many vaccines to order, right. <laughs> but b um, you know because these are this is it for a lot of people a lot of times like right. these organizations are those go to entities um, and a lot of these organizations you know go well beyond what their like stated purposes but they really do address like the holistic health and well being of the folks that they serve and so that's important. But the other thing too is that um, you know, we're making sure that volunteers to the extent possible, volunteers from each of these organizations um, will be present at the event as well. So if you're a community member and you get your services at American Indian Counseling Center, like you might see some familiar faces on that Saturday, um, and hopefully that might help ease some of, um, you know, that worry, right? Right. So that's another way. Um, I also, since you did mention like the outreach, I, I did want to mention too that, um, I know you, you were helpful in reading some some of the um, phone numbers and information. But um, if you go to the commission's Instagram, for instance, I'll just use that one. It's at N, as in Nancy, A-I-C commission. So at N-A-I-C commission on Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. The full flyer is there. But also like using our... Our very community-oriented, community-targeted social media channels, listservs, etc., has been a way that we're trying to connect with our community.
1: So I I know we've been talking a lot about um, the vaccinations, the May 1st and May 29th event. And then the last time we spoke, you know, COVID-19 rates um, were on the rise throughout L.A. County. And and we also talked about the, actually in every interview that we've had since the COVID-19 pandemic... Uh, the difficulties of tracking the number of indigenous peoples that were testing positive for COVID-19 or the number of indigenous peoples that have you know moved on because COVID-19 is, is, is taken them physically. And I was wondering, in, in terms of those kind of structural problems, uh, are they still outstanding issues? Or has there been some amelioration and remedy uh, since the last time we spoke?
2: That is a very good question, and I happen to be on the L.A. County Department of Public Health's um, website today, and I was looking because they have um, race, ethnicity breakdowns of, like, Uh, vaccine administration. And so it looks like the definition for American Indian um, is different now than it was before. And so it, it includes some individuals who identify as more than one race or American Indian plus another race. Which is a huge percentage of our community. Right. And so, in this particular reporting of those people who got vaccines, um, that that is a step forward for sure. so so kudos to to those folks at public health who have heard this message um, again and again. Right. <laughs> um, and so that that is good. And I think like ultimately what needs to happen is that, um, you know, county systems, federal systems, whatever systems that collect data, seems like they all have differing ways in which they collect that data, ways in which they report it and ways that they like sort of decide who gets to define like what American Indian Alaska native is. Right. And so I think long-term there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. But I think like today, looking at that website, like I'm hopeful <laughs> and grateful that, um, that we are taking a step in the right direction.
1: Well, and also in, in taking a step in the right direction, um, when it comes to the May 1st and May 29th, uh, vaccination outreach for the community, are there going to be um, complementary uh, services? available? And I, I mean, uh, you know, for so many of us uh, that have lived, in, you know, under stay-at-home orders, people have been isolated, right? People, you know, have been in lockdown, people are missing ceremonies, and it does have a debilitating effect on people's, you know, uh, physical, mental, spiritual, and cultural well-being. So is there going to be any complementary Outreach there to help address that well-being in general. Yeah, yeah
2: so that's another um, another area that this working group has identified, and right. so the first iteration is in um, what are we calling it? I think we're calling it like a COVID support group, right. and so. This particular uh, collaboration um, was with California Native Boat Project and the Indigenous Circle of Wellness. And essentially what happened is that Indigenous Circle of Wellness um, started this support group. So it was a closed group. I think maybe there were like 12 folks and it should be ending in a week or two. But I think 12 folks who have been impacted by COVID, whether it was personally getting sick or losing a family member or in, in other ways impacted, came together for I believe six sessions to specifically talk about these experiences, right? Right. And so um, we will understand, like, what worked well, what could be improved, and our hope is that one of our other community-based organizations, um, if they have the bandwidth, obviously, and capacity, is that we're hoping that one of them will pick up this series so that another group can be started, um, to support those. And obviously like, you know, these are small numbers and um, we're aware that a huge cross section of our community has been affected in multiple ways, but it's, it's one tangible thing that we're working on. Um, the other thing is that, you know, in this working group that we have, there are various mental health services providers, um, that are constantly in the conversations and sharing what they have learned, et cetera. So I just want to lift up right now, again, Indigenous Circle of Wellness, There is United American Indian Involvement and their Seven Generations Department, which provides mental health as well. And then there's the American Indian Counseling Center, um, which is operated out of our County Department of Mental Health. And so all of those entities I know are um, culturally sensitive and are very mindful of the impacts of COVID on um, their existing patient populations and definitely are taking more clients or patients, if you will, to receive services.
1: Thank you for that. And I, I want to come back to um, the COVID vaccine pop-up um, that's going to be available on May 1st and those that are that need to come back um, on May 29th at the Los Angeles State Historic Park. And, and I was wondering um, for our listeners um, to provide clarification on whether it's, I presume the vaccines are free. And then also just in terms of good, safe, uh, preventative COVID-19 measures, what will be the logistical layout for folks that decide to come and get the COVID-19 vaccination on May 1st? Great questions.
2: So let me start, since you mentioned logistics, there are a few more details that I wanted to share just about getting there. So yes. you mentioned that it is across the street from the Chinatown um, Gold Line Metro. Uh-huh. Um, so ho- we hope that helps. Um, in addition, if folks do not want to take the metro for some reason, um, we can direct you in, uh, to get a lift ride for free. And so that website is vaccinerides.com and it's V-A-C-C-I-N-E, Vaccinerides, R Y D E S dot com. So ride with a Y. And again, if folks would rather take Lyft um, for some reason, then they can visit that website and fill out a form and then they should receive a callback and or an email. Um, and or that gives them a lift code um, to take a lift directly to the park and back. And I believe there's like a 15-mile um, limit in one way. Okay. Um, so I think that covers a, a broad swath of LA's geography. If they don't have, like, Internet accessibility, there's a phone number they can call. It's one eight seven seven 877 ride V-A-C-R-Y-D-E, or... 8227933 so that's just another way of getting to the event if folks want to drive, that's also okay. So we will have um, a designated wood chip parking lot. If you follow the the address on the flyer, um, it'll take you there. And that wood chip parking lot is right before you enter the main entrance. So we'll have someone standing there flagging people that says "vaccine event parking." So that's just how you get there. And then once you're there, as you know, LA State Historic Park is a park. So um, it is outdoors. It's open air. You basically walk straight in from the parking lot and there will be a registration um, table. And our hope is that so many people will come that there's going to be a long line. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, if there's a line, we'll enforce physical distancing. Um, You know, we require that everybody wear a mask and um, we will have ample PPE and sanitizing um, equipment for, for folks to use. After registration, folks will be directed to the vaccine area where they will get their vaccine. And then after that, they'll move to a final area um, where they will be observed for 15 minutes um, and then and then released. Um, I also wanted to point out that there is a couple other details. Um, so again, we're we're offering PPE and food boxes to give away, but also we wanted to make this a pleasant and communal event. And so while we don't encourage people to stay and gather, um, we want them to enjoy the fact that they're going to be in the presence in the physical presence of community after a long time. Mm. And so we have asked a, um, a local DJ who's native to sort of be spinning in the background while, while folks are getting vaccinated. And then, um, A local artist uh, by the name of Ray Zaragoza, who Mm -hmm. is amazing, Mm -hmm. Um, will play two sets. I believe at twelve and one o'clock. Again, just just to make it seem familiar and a joyful occasion, um, because you know we're we're so close to being able to gather again. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that.
1: Well, I was going to ask. I know the last time we spoke, you know, I was just asking how our community leaders and in the medical profession or public public community, public service, doing community public service work. I was asking how everybody's doing and, I, and you said people were exhausted and, and burned out and it's been several months, um, you know, now we're in a place where these vaccines are, are becoming and have recently been available. So how are you doing and others that you work with in terms of your own kind of mental and physical health uh, right now?
2: Oh, well, thanks for asking. I appreciate that. Um, I personally, uh, physically, thank goodness I am fine. I have in order to manage my mental health, I've really been trying to be intentional and regular about like, Cycling, for instance, or biking mm. and um, and running. So that's that's been helpful. But um, in full transparency, I think <laughs> after this event uh, or, or after the month of May, after the second event, um, mm. I definitely need to prioritize a, a a vacation of some sort or just a, a period of not working. <laughs> So, so that's what I need to do for myself but um,
1: and colleagues
2: yeah I think my colleagues are sort of at that point too and like, you know I think it's everybody it's, it's not sure. just everyone who's like providing direct service but I think like we all need to to be intentional about taking care of ourselves and and like actually making that time to do so instead of just talking about it because I've been talking about it for a long time,
1: time. <laughs> A final thought regarding the importance of the community outreach for this vaccine pop-up on May 1st and May 29th, if necessary, for listeners.
2: Yeah, so um, for any community that's listening um, who may be on the fence about getting vaccinated, this event was put together by so many organizations, but mostly so many Native people who care you and love you and just want to see um, our community healthy and well and and we i think we all want to get to that point of where we're able to gather again and so uh you know we're doing our very best to make sure that this is a comfortable event that it's community people there again the volunteers are going to be from our native orgs and and we just want to make sure that that you feel seen and connected and so um, we would love for you to come out bring your family bring your friends you know once once everybody's vaccinated Um, hopefully we'll, we'll see each other at a powwow sometime down the road. (laughs) I don't know when that'll happen, but, but yeah, we're, we're here for you and, um, we're doing this because we, we want you to be, to be well.
1: And you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're speaking with Dr. Andrea Garcia, medical doctor from the Mandan, Hidatsa, and Arikara Nations. She's an appointed commissioner with the Los Angeles City County Native American Indian Commission and works with the Los Angeles County Department of Mental Health American Indian Counseling Center and is a board member for the United American Indian Involvement. We're speaking on American Indian, Alaska Native, and Indigenous community COVID vaccine pop up, a community outreach event happening May 1st and May 29th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Los Angeles State Historic Park. To RSVP, you can call 626 798 0505 or 626 398 6174. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves, and if you appreciate the community service work, that American Indian Airwaves and KPFK provides. Please visit the KPFK.org website and become a KPFK Sustainer Circle member. We're visiting the website, you can make monthly monetary donations of your choice. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
0: Stop we
1: song Tapuoma by Fawn Wood here on American Indian Airwaves. In the final segment of today's show, we hear from longtime indigenous activist, elder scholar, and founder of the Cheyenne and Arapaho Tribal College. She is Dr. Henrietta Mann from the Southern Cheyenne Nation and is also professor emeritus at Montana State University. Our guest was the keynote speaker this past April 19th of 2021 for the Strengthening the Circle, a native nonprofit leadership program which thematically focused on the rights of Mother Earth. In the final segment of today's show, we broadcast part one of a two-part keynote speech by Dr. Henrietta Mann on the rights of Mother Earth.
3: Land. Land. Such is the continuation of life. As the current generations, this treasured gift carries a lifelong responsibility. According to each of our specific creation accounts, we know that we were placed in our respective homelands or territories. Stated another way, we were divinely planted in this native soil. Where we put down our spiritual roots. As I indicated on the film, just as a flower, a blade of sweet grass, a cottonwood tree, or the giant sequoia, also known as the California redwood, we too have underground roots that anchor each of us in the soil of this land. We are spiritually rooted in this loving soil of our grandmother. We should also remember that just as a flower or a plant can be replanted, so can each of us as the upright two-legged walkers with five fingers. As Marcus mentioned, and thank you Marcus, there is a significant population of American Indians in the state of California, but primarily in the city of Los Angeles. Many of them uprooted from their reservation, a homelands, and sent in relocation by the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the relocation program. Many of them stayed there and have been there for generations. Many of them have walked that road of the Milky Way and are buried in that soil of their new home place. Their new homeland. So our spiritual roots can be repotted in another place. As Cheyenne people, meaning the people with like hearts, similar hearts, because we speak a, an identical language, because we believe in the same law ways and traditions, because we, we pray to the same creator, we call this place. Ha, this land, this earth where we live. And halt, halt means land, earth, or the world, all depending how it is used contextually. And if ho means earth, then I remember a, per- a phrase that chief white man, and we used on one of our spiritual runs, from Fort Robinson back to the Northern Cheyenne homelands. He says, I am earth. We are made from this soil of this land. Some of our ancestors call it meaning the red earth, the good red earth, which gives us our coloration as a people. And based upon our nation's creation story, This earth sits upon the back of Grandmother Turtle. And therefore, my creator, the Great One, decreed that this earth, this land, be known as Grandmother, First Mother, Oldest Mother, who has given life to untold generations of peoples and shall continue to do so. In prayer, we call the earth. This grandmother of ours, Ishkim Han, Ishkim our grandmother. You can hear that term as people pray in our sacred lodge or at our gatherings. And I heard my grandfather, my father use that term, Ishkim our grandmother, in a very loving, respectful way, our first grandmother, oldest woman. And so we, as indigenous peoples, this land's first peoples, and in our language, we call all of us rooted spiritually in this land. The first ones here, we call us Chama Wustanil. Chama means the natural, ordinary, simple people of this land. As Chama we were here first. We're still here, and we will continue to be here. Not just in my earth. You are earth, just like our mother. We are earth. We are made from her very soil. This ma'amat, this sacred red earth. And we use this sacred red earth in our ceremonies. And just as our biological mothers nurture us as infants, so does Mother Earth. She is all things to us. Each of us then should reciprocate with all that she gives and provides for us. We must love this earth as she loves us. We must respect this earth as she respects us. We must have compassion for this earth just as she has compassion for us. We must honor this earth as she honors us. And we must be ever mindful of the stewardship responsibilities we have for earth. Earth stewardship is a perpetual obligation and a sacred trust that our grandparents have passed down throughout time to us, and we must be ever mindful about ensuring the ongoing health and vitality of our Mother Earth, which is really an intrinsic part of the life we each carry within our hearts and within our entire being. Paramount among such responsibilities is to protect our first mother's right to life, her right to life as a revered female. Like you and me, Mother Earth has a right to life, free from the unimaginable destructive forces that humans have unleashed on her. There are days where I just cry because like you, I have this great love for this Earth, our mother. Mother Earth, as first woman, should possess all the natural rights of personhood, the same rights that we take for granted. She too has a right to clean water, the right to pure air, the right to be uncontaminated, and the right to enjoy the light of the sun. She also deserves to be free from the numerous afflictions with which she is being adversely affected. Humans have walked with very heavy feet and an insatiable appetite to plunder all that Mother Earth has lovingly and generously provided us as her human children. Long ago, at the time of creation, M help creator made a man person and a woman person, but they could not live together because they were so filled with power, immense power, this man person and this woman person. And so Mhel placed this man person in the south with two assistants, Sun and thunder. Then M help placed. The woman in the north with her assistant, Winter Man. And Winter Man took no pity on anyone. Standing between them, his back to the rising sun, Ma'he told them of the animal and plant people they would find in their respective homelands. Their animals and the plants would be different in the hemispheres in which they lived. And so Winterman obeys the woman person and brings cold, snow, sickness, and death. And as Mother Earth sleeps and rests, they cover her with a white blanket of snow. When Mother Earth awakes, Southman and his two assistants bring the sun and the rain to make things grow. And the two each come and go across the surface of this earth, bringing the four seasons of spring, summer, fall, and winter. They maintain the balance of our mother, the earth, this world.
1: And you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're listening to part one of a two part speech from Dr. Henrietta Mann from the Southern Cheyenne Nation. She was the keynote speaker on April 19th for the Strengthening the Circle, a Native nonprofit leadership program which focused on the rights of Mother Earth. And we want to remind listeners if you appreciate the work that American Indian Airwaves and KPFK provides in terms of its community service, We ask that you support KPFK by visiting the kpfk.org website and becoming a KPFK Sustainer Circle member. There you can choose to make monthly monetary donations of your choice. KPFK cannot operate without the financial support of the community. And now back to part one of a two-part keynote speech by Dr. Henrietta Mann on the rights of Mother Earth.
3: And just as we humans need to rest, and we really need to, so does our mother, the earth, because we know that rest is necessary for good health and well-being. And it is obvious that with the constant motion of fossil fuel extraction, groundwater extraction, logging, persistent construction of pipelines, Our earth cannot rest or sleep, and therefore is not well. We know that Mother Earth has a temperature. Our earth is warming. In fact, The Guardian reported that our country experienced the hottest day on record on Sunday, August 16, 2020, in Death Valley, Death Valley, located in the northern Mojave Desert of Eastern California, recorded a temperature of 129.9 tenths degrees. Round numbers, we can say 130 degrees, which was the highest since July of 1913. We know the life-threatening complications of a high fever. And this temperature in the context of global warming is a red alert, a gigantic danger sign. We have a very small window of but one decade to act positively to counter our warming planet, our first and only home. Mother Earth has the right to good health and long life, just as we humans do. There are other tragic indications of human abuse of our home, including but not limited to severe heat waves to begin with, which result in the warming of oceans that are also becoming more acidic. Glaciers and ice caps are melting, which result in rising sea levels. Changing rainfall patterns result in either floods at one extreme or drought in the other. Wind patterns are changing, which can create weakened winds or even more intense tornadoes, cyclones and hurricanes. Our forests are disappearing. Our waters continue to be polluted some by human sewage and others by industry, also by plastic. And I hear recently that there is even a problem with masks. These masks, we were to protect us from the virus or somehow ending up in the ocean. The American Chemical Society has described greenhouse gases as a blanket around this earth. Greenhouse gases act as a blanket around this earth. So this catalog of the failure of earth stewardship has created an imbalance in our world. In another time, man person and woman person maintained harmony of life in a changing environment. For only one season did North woman and winter man cover earth with a white blanket of snow to keep her warm. Only one season. Now this warm blanket of greenhouse gases is constant day and night, every day. Man, person, sun, and thunder removed the blanket when it was their time to visit Mother Earth. Thus, these two forces... These two powers, the man person and the woman person, maintained environmental balance. Even the birds knew when to migrate from the south to the north and when to go back to the south. And the plants and animals in the south flourished in spring and summer, and they stayed there in the south. Now they are moving north. There was a delicate order to life. And indigenous philosophers and scientists transmitted this traditional ecological knowledge to their nation's people. That knowledge was passed from generation to generation. It still is, but we have become a mon- minority in this great, beautiful, sacred land that we were first to love as Hama Wustanil. Throughout time, life has changed, more so in the 500 plus years we've seen dramatic change. Today, April 19th, 2021, we have but a short time in which to restore the earth to balance and institute solutions to the crisis of climate change. This year's theme for Earth Day is restore higher earth, restore higher earth, a very realistic worldwide declaration because our earth has a right to be restored. Not only must we focus on restoration, but we must, as I mentioned in the video, become climate warriors, climate protectors, and defend the rights of Mother Earth as first woman. Restoration is one of the fundamental rights of Mother Earth. Today, there is an intensification of a rights of nature movement, which acknowledges the basic right of Everything that exists in this natural world from a microcosmic organism to the vast bodies of water that make up three-fourths of Earth's surface, five oceans, and others, but mainly the Pacific, the Atlantic, the Indian, the Arctic, and the Antarctic, or Southern Oceans, five major oceans. We know as indigenous people that we live in a vast ocean of relations in which everything is related to everything else in the universe. We know that we live in an interconnected system of kinfolk. All my relations is much more than a three-word phrase. It acknowledges the kinship of all life. It encompasses the myriad of Earth's life forms, all of them. It includes the humans of four colors, the white, the red, the yellow, and the black. It encompasses all the plants, all of the animals, all the birds, all the volcanoes and the mountains, all the bodies of water on and on encompasses the sun, the moon and stars. We live in a vast interconnected system of relations of kinfolk. Stated another way, the world community acknowledges a kin relationship among all of the bountiful different peoples of our incomparably, incomparably abundant Mother Earth. She has so many children, so many different children. All things are her, and we are her. Traditional ecological knowledge describes worldviews that honored, loved, respected, and accorded. Everything in the universe, an equal place in the sacred earth circle of life. Our grandparents taught us that. They acknowledge that we know because we have that phrase, all my relations. As our kinspeople, the Lakota, say. In our language, we say, na all my relations. And in this view, nothing or no one is superior to or inferior to any life form of Earth. Just as humans, Earth and all other relatives of Earth have a right to life, protection, and freedom from destruction, pollution, infection, and exploitation. The moment of silence is over.
1: And that was Dr. Henrietta Mann from the Southern Cheyenne Nation on part one of a two-part speech on the rights of Mother Earth. She was a keynote speaker this past April 19th of 2021 for the Strengthening the Circle, a Native nonprofit leadership program that focused on the rights of Mother Earth. And that concludes our show for today here on American Indian Airwaves. A special thank you to our guests for the entire hour, Dr. Andrea Garcia and Dr. Henrietta Mann. A special thank you to our musical guests, Aragon Starr, Koopa Aina, Vaughn Wood, and the band Blackfire. American Indian Airwaves is mixed and mastered in the studios of Burnt Swamp Studio in Signal Hill, California. For Marcus Lopez, I've been your host for the hour, Larry Smith. Until next time.
3: And for the innocent you can't justify Why your freedom manifests on their graves And the
0: blood never comes clean from the guilty minds Nor the hands that hold the chains In a rhythm of resistance against our fears Try not to become what we've endured Wearing our souls on the thread The moment of silence is over